You're listening to I Am Here. So, hello, Julia. <laughs> How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I have a cold, so uh, I don't probably sound like I normally would because I am all stuffed up. So, Julia, yeah. I found out about you because somebody I followed retweeted these super cool dice that you had made. And let's talk let's just jump right in. Let's talk about that to start. You made these dice and like I recall the retweets were pretty insane. You got a really great you got a lot of notice and yeah. I was really surprised about that. I just, I posted them because I made them as like Christmas gifts for some of my friends. And I posted them like, hey, do any of my followers maybe think this is a good idea to sell? And then like a huge amount of people retweeted it. And then I was like, oh, I guess I really do have to open a shop now. Huh. Okay. (laughs) Guess we're doing that. That's really cool. So you made them as as gifts for different friends at Christmas, you said? Yeah. A lot of my friends play D&D, and a lot yeah. of my friends are in the LGBT community, and I was looking, because I couldn't find Pride Dice before this, and one of my friends was like, oh yeah, I got these dice, and they're like trans flag themed, and I was like, wow, that's really cool, and they sent a picture, and it was like one solid white dice and one solid pink dice, and I'm like, why don't flags exist? So I did a bunch of research about uh, resin and like mold making and stuff, I was like, I can probably do this, right? Yeah, I could probably do this, and then I did it. <laughs> And here we are. And they look amazing. I love Thanks. them. Thank you. I was really excited to see them because I had never seen any pride dice before. Kind of like you said that you couldn't find any. Yeah, I was shocked that they didn't. Like, there were rainbow dice out. Like, solid, like, rainbow striped dice. But nothing beyond that. Like, I couldn't find any, like, ace flag. Ace flag was the big one. Ace and non-binary. I was like, I... This is, like, fits very well with one of my friends like i'm gonna make these i'm just gonna do it it's we'll figure it out and (laughs) i did (laughs) yeah it's it's really great i was i was so excited to see them and i'm really excited uh because so this episode is gonna air right at the end of may so we're doing a giveaway of your dice and we haven't really chatted about witch flags or yeah we probably should do that at some point (laughs) so that i can make them but yeah yeah so uh so do you play DD? i do i'm a dm actually um i'm starting a new campaign pretty soon actually uh with some of my friends and i'm excited for that so what um are you running 5e fifth edition yeah yeah. Nice. So let's talk about D&D. You play D&D. You, have you made dice for yourself to, to roll? Um, or did you just do them as gifts and now as like the business? Um, I haven't actually. I should. I've been like, wow. I, like, I, again, this kind of started as like, hmm, I want to do this for my friends also. Like, I really want some ace dice. And I all of them I've either given away or I'm going to sell. <laughs> so I really <laughs> should get on that, but haven't yet done that. Make yourself some. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about your I want to hear your story. How did you get into D&D? Um let's see. I well my first like real D&D experience was I went to a summer camp and um one of the counselors was like we should play D&D and I'm like what the heck is that? 
and we had like a one shot session and it was great. Uh, it was a huge mess because they didn't have the rule books with them. They were just like, let's play. Um, I have some <laughs> dice, but it was a lot of fun. And I got back home and none of my friends wanted to play D&D. So we didn't really do that. But then I started watching Critical Role and was like kind of reminded of all of these like awesome things that D&D can be and how great all of that is. So I went to college and having played a couple one shots like here and there with my other friends and uh, kind of immediately got pushed into the DMing like ring, <laughs> quite literally, actually, I was physically like pushed into the ring of people that were DMing. And um, then I started DMing a campaign. <laughs> That's kind of how I got into that. It's a bit of a, an experience, but I am glad that it happened. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh, I always like to know how your identity has or hasn't played into your experiences in RPGs and in D&D. So, I mean, I'm, I'm curious for you, have you, have you found either, either how you identify personally or via how you might look visually, you know, what has your experience been? Um, I've been very lucky uh, in that the group that kind of found me, I guess, um, was an awesome, very supportive group. Most of us, we didn't know this at the time because it was like my college's like gamers club. All the DMs went up and basically gave an elevator pitch for the game they were going to run and then people just kind of flocked to them. The group that kind of found me was just good. Um, <laughs> I've never really had to experience any of the gatekeeping stuff. I've, you know, most of us are uh, LGBT. We did not know this when we got together, but so I've been lucky not having to deal with like gatekeeping stuff because I do present very feminine. And I think if I were in a less accepting environment, it would be kind of bad. <laughs> but yeah. that I mean, that's good. Like, I I think that, I guess I'm, I'm trying to, I want to hear everybody's stories, good or bad. And it's been really heartening because the more people I talk to, I've been really, really pleasantly surprised at how many women I've talked to and non-binary people who have said that they have not had negative experiences. And where I live, I, I live in Canada, and the part of Canada that I live in, we we joke that we are the Texas of Canada in, <laughs> in terms of how conservative um, <laughs> certain areas oh, are. <laughs> and, and so, um, and, uh, you know, you live in an, an oil and gas kind of uh, centered area, and you get a lot of that um, sexism. Mm -hmm. And like you said, often, um, even if you don't identify as as being female, if you present as as feminine, there's <laughs> there a lot of negative attention sometimes, yeah. uh, especially in game stores and that kind of thing. So when I kind of entered the online world, I just expected that everybody had experiences <laughs> like uh, like my girlfriends and non-binary friends had experienced here as I did. Uh, and so I've, I've been quite pleasantly surprised. And every time someone's like, I had a really positive entry into D and D it always like, it just warms my heart. It makes me so happy. And so I'm so glad that your entry was also a positive one. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it has to do with the fact that it's a college campus and everyone is, I mean, it's an art school also. So there's that and everyone's pretty much on the same page um, in that regard. 
I think if I were to go home and go to like my local game store and try to start a game there, it might be different. Yeah. But yeah, because I live in North Carolina, so that's not the best. It's not <laughs> the worst either, but eh. um, <laughs> I think no matter where you go, there's always a certain element of uh, not greatness. Yeah, that's nowhere fair. can be perfect, but yeah, that, that's definitely fair. <laughs> So, and what about, I mean, like, so everything I read when you first tweeted about, about your pride dice, I mean, you got like over 12,000 likes or something like that. Yeah, I, it was crazy for that. Like for the first couple of days after I posted it, like my phone just, I ended up silencing notifications, but for a while it was just, it would keep beeping. And I'm like, how many, when is, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, how is this a thing that's happening? And my friends were like, Hey, so have you seen this? I'm like, yeah, I'm watching this. Like, that's happening i guess (laughs) Uh, well i guess like i mean i i saw all positive reactions and so many people who i follow and interact with on twitter were like really excited about your dice but did you happen to experience any anything that like especially surprised you or was negative or was like pleasantly positive that that you weren't expecting i mean there were a few like people that were there was this one guy and i i don't it's in like the quote tweets right so people don't see it in the comments that just got very like angry like a couple people stopped and pointed out like hey because i said like gay dice instead of lgbt dice and people were like none of those flags are gay and i'm like i that's you know that's a valid concern i didn't expect this to blow up as much as it did the wording (laughs) is bad but one guy got really angry about it and i was just like i like i don't know what why are you doing that? <laughs> like, it was very much like, why do you care so much about this specifically? Like, I, I know, believe me, I understand that that is not what gay means specifically. Of course, looking through this guy's tweets, he was also kind of a giant asshole. But yeah, and then some people, again, with just how gaming communities tend to be, I got a couple like, yeah, don't, don't, don't make them. It's like, no one wants this. And I'm like, I, there are, 12,000 likes on these tweets. I think somebody <laughs> probably wants some. Like, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's mostly very positive stuff, though. I was really surprised at, again, how much feedback uh, I got that was positive about it. One of the things that I was surprised by was how there was even people who were like, oh, um, what what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of like, can you explain, like, what does this flag mean? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the ace flag. And then like other people, someone complained to me about the colors of the flags. I'm like, I don't control that. I'm sorry. And they're like, I don't <laughs> like this color flag. I'm like, okay, cool. I think they're great. I mean, obviously, <laughs> it connected us, and and that's really wonderful. Yeah. Have you expanded, uh, like flags outside of the pan non-binary ace and trans flags? Oh yeah. Um, I have done a. F- few since then i since i opened orders especially um i have had to do a few more trans have been the most popular followed by ace but we've also i've made some arrow i've made uh some buy i got a lot of like can you make buy dice and i'm like i have some going and i never posted pictures of them uh, <laughs> and i thought that gosh the other ones it's mostly been those um i've done some trans ace non-binary pan buy and arrow so um, for both me and the listener, I and our listeners, I have actually never heard the term arrow before. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So arrow is short for aromantic. Uh, it's in a similar vein of ace, but instead of not experiencing sexual attraction, it's not experiencing romantic attraction. Okay. Yeah. 
Awesome. Thank I you. actually, I fall <laughs> under the arrow umbrella. I'm uh, gray romantic-ish, uh, which is the same as gray sexual, except for it's romantic attraction instead of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's wonderful. Um, I'm Sis, and I... I'm trying really hard to learn all of these new language terminologies that I've never had yeah. to interact with before. But I guess the terms that I am least familiar with are, I think, likely the terms that just in, in general media are not yeah. common. Yeah. Error is definitely one of the le- less common ones. I try not to make people do my research for me. So I appreciate you explaining Arrow for me. <laughs> no problem. I, I should have just looked it up as we were talking. Yeah, no, you're fine. It's, I mean, it's, again, one of those terms that not many people know unless they know someone who is Arrow. Like, I mean, I didn't know much about Arrow until I went to college and met some people who are Arrow. And then I was like, oh, wait, that's me. Oh, goodness. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's, you know, always learning. I think that's wonderful. So I I very much appreciate you explaining it to me. I know that can be (laughs) uh, exhausting for people to constantly feel like they have to teach when we as as cis uh, (laughs) folks should just do our own research and use the language that we learn versus expecting others to teach us. Yeah, so you are, you're GMing uh, 5th edition. You're about to start a new campaign. Mm Mm-hmm. How influenced do you find your stories that you tell with with D and D affected by you know identity? I tend to have a lot more representation, I think, than <laughs> most um, GMs that aren't as involved in the community typically would. More like non-binary people and trans people and just gay everything all the time. Aside from, I don't know, I tend to stay away from storylines that are just like this person is gay and their family hates them because of it. And you gotta, like, I, yeah. I've seen that happen a couple times and I'm like, mm, that's, homophobia doesn't have to exist in my world. It's fine. Everyone's just fine. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And then a lot more of my player characters are non-binary than probably most groups, uh, just because the group that I play with is mostly LGBT people. I think the one I'm starting with, I think everyone is LGBT <laughs> in the group. I'm pretty sure. I can't think of an exception at the moment. We haven't had our first session yet, but I'm going through the list and I I think we're all, yeah. That's, I mean, that's awesome. The more that I talk to people uh, who identify in the LGBTQ community, the more excited I get about people's stories and how it influences their, their games. So what you said about how like, oh, like homophobia just doesn't exist in my world. Like, yeah. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> There's no such thing as parents hating their kid because they're yeah. gay or because they're gay or ace or pan or trans or. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing I think about RPGs is we can play characters that represent who we are. We can play characters who represent who we want to be. And we can play in worlds that we wish could exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's really awesome hearing from you kind of, how how for you that just is not something that exists in your world yeah is there is there anything kind of else top of mind that you you find has been influenced gaming the combination of you know playing with a group of people who are all lgbtq and playing dnd that jump out at you in terms of story creation world creation or or actual play um i'm trying to think and i don't because Again, the only groups that I've played with for the most part have been 
at least mostly LGBT people, just because the way it's worked out. I want to say, like, it feels kind of safer to be in, like, a group where, like, oh, my character's gay. Is everyone around me going to be okay with that? The answer is yes. We're all also, like, gay, basically. Right. Gay. Um, <laughs> but aside from that, I don't know that it does too much. I mean, we kind of, we just want to get together and play some games, you know? Right. It's, it's a good time. I think even you say, like, you don't even have to worry about about having to ask if somebody's okay with you playing a gay character. Yeah. <laughs> because especially in, I think, groups like drop in at, at like at game stores, you know how they have like drop in games where people mm-hmm. can just like that would be a place where at least I personally um, wouldn't feel comfortable. Yeah. Disclosing my character's sexuality, regardless of what that sexuality is. And I think that's important that even though you're played with a group of people who are all LGBTQ, it, it is that safe space. And it is a place where you don't have to question, you don't have to worry, and you can just get together and play fun games. <laughs> yeah. I'm always a little nervous when a new person gets brought into a group who I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And my nervousness comes from being a woman and experiencing, you know, the the over-sexualization, either the sexualization of my own person or of my character and somebody being like, oh, describe your character to me. Like, what are they wearing? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Do they have big boobs? (laughs) Yeah, I remember being worried about that whenever I started my first campaign uh, after I first got to school because I didn't know any of these people. Like, again, I went in thinking... I was going to probably, I was thinking maybe I'll DM, I don't know. And and my friend, or my now friend, I didn't know them at the time. Whenever we got there, we were slightly late. And they like physically pushed me into the DMing like group. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing that. And then a bunch of random people that I didn't know came up to me and were like, hey, I want to be in your group. And I was like, cool. And I remember thinking during character creation, like, can I be comfortable around these people as, although I didn't know I was trans at the time, but like, as a LGBT person, like as a queer person, am I going to be safe here? Is this going to be like, this is my own group that I've made kind of, but I'm still nervous. Right. (laughs) And that kind of thing, like even in an art school full of like basically a large number of LGBT teenage aged people, which is like in general, one of the safer demographics for me to be in, even within that space, I was still like, Hmm, I don't know how I feel like about this. I can't imagine like going into just a game shop would be terrifying. And I don't think, I don't know. I don't think I'd feel very safe doing that, but. And, and I think that that's something that I wish we could feel safe doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, me too. It would be, it would be nice. <laughs> because even that, even those nerves um, at, at, like you said, a relatively liberal college with, you know, a lot of art students and, a lot more open-mindedness. Um, there's still that worry in the back of your head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I'm really happy that that worked out and that you got a great group out of that. Do you still play with the same group? Um, for the most part, um, a smaller version, uh, like the group minus a few people meets uh, every other week to play. And my roommate, who is from that D&D group, we moved in together. That group meets every other week and then the game that I'm starting has a few people from that old group and a few new people that I've never played with before but I know will be very good and then mostly the people that aren't 
involved anymore are just like they're doing study abroad stuff and aren't here. So yeah, it's I right. still play with most of them. I still keep in contact with all of them. It's been a good friend group. That's awesome. Yeah. So you also do art. I and do illustration. Yes. Tell me uh, about your art. Um, well, I'm a sophomore illustration major at SCAD, um, Savannah College of Art and Design. I like to draw fantasy stuff, but I am probably going to end up, well, I don't know. I say probably. I might end up in scientific illustration or medical illustration. Okay. We will see <laughs> how that turns out. Is that out of interest or out of more uh, just what you have kind of found your preferences of <laughs> Um, I mean, I would say both. I find it very interesting. I really like biology and medicine and science. The scientific illustration, we have a minor here at SCAD that's scientific illustration, but it focuses a lot on like botanical illustration and like entomology stuff. And Oh, cool. Whereas my, yeah, it is cool. Um, but if I'm going to go over there, I may as well, like, I'd rather focus in to the medical, which requires a master's degree, which is terrifying. But maybe. <laughs> so I have to ask because uh, one of our, our players who we play with, they're an artist, and I adore that they draw our characters as we play. <laughs> so I'm curious, do you do you let your artistic side bleed into your D&D? And do you ever draw your characters who you're either like your players who you're GMing for or your NPCs? Absolutely, I do. <laughs> Especially like going to an art school, everyone has like a character design in mind and they have like drawings and sketchbooks and stuff. Uh, last campaign I did as like a gift to the party, I drew everyone's characters and made little prints of them and gave it to them for we left for summer. And that was really fun. And my sketchbook's full of like some of my NPCs. It's. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It's really fun to play with art students because <laughs> you get everyone's designs and you get to see like fan art of the stuff that you've done and it's <laughs> wild i adore artists and their abilities to draw characters in D &D yeah. because i always have really great thoughts of what my characters must look like and so whenever they get drawn i get really excited <laughs> so i love that you did that for your party that is such a wonderful gift <laughs> yeah it was a lot of fun to make and it's just i don't know i like doing that kind of thing. I like drawing people, and that's most of D anD D. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, also, uh, you said one RPG that you've never played that you wish you could is the game Dread. Yeah, no, I uh, I haven't played much outside of D anD D itself, and I've been interested in kind of branching out, but I haven't really had time, I guess, to learn a new system. Right, but. I hear a lot of talk people talking about like Geek and Sundry did a dread whole mini show thing and it seems like a really fun and cool thing to play. It's just a matter of not having the time um, or a group of people that wants to play something that isn't D and D. Yeah. So So that's too bad that you haven't played it before. Um I yeah. hope that you get the chance because it's a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Well, hopefully, like once this quarter is done, you'll you'll get a chance to uh, play. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm going actually over the summer to France to do a study abroad program. Oh, crazy! Yeah, uh, I'm not sure how much time I will have. <laughs> well, maybe you'll find some folk there to play D and D with. <laughs> maybe I'm kind of hoping the person that I'm uh, planning on rooming with is going to be a player in my upcoming campaign, and also I just like I know that they're a DM and are really cool, and I'm like, what if I started a campaign? 
in France with like them and some other people. But that's yeah. at least 10 weeks in the future. And I don't want to worry about it right now <laughs> because I've got this campaign to plan. Sure, but definitely, like I, I don't know. I, I play D D at least once a month, so, so <laughs> taking an entire summer off would be like kind of tough for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I am right now. All of the campaigns that I'm in have like been on kind of hiatus for a little while, just because like finals were happening, and then before that, some other stuff was happening. Right, uh, like RDM had some personal issues that came up, and they had to stop doing that for a little bit, and now we're back ish <laughs> like we're trying to get back into it but everyone's schedules have just been yeah messed up. so i'm going through a little bit of D withdrawal but i'll be fine <laughs> i get it i do yeah. um because having my kid was like the longest hiatus i've ever taken from rpgs <laughs> oh wow because he was late so it was like maybe two weeks before my due date was our last uh session so, and then we didn't play again until he was almost six months old. And I was oh. like, <laughs> so when we finally sat down to play again, I was like, oh my God, I've missed <laughs> this so much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that. That's, I'm glad you got time to do it now, though. That's, that's great. You know, like when I first got into RPGs, and I, I mean, every, every group I've played with has been more than 50% women or non-binary people. It's always been easy to be like, oh, yeah, I got pink dice or purple dice. Like, I got really feminine dice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's been really easy to find those. And so, obviously, there was something that was missing for you to, for you to not find it and decide to research and, and make your own pride dice. And so, so to me, that was an area that was, that was lacking at, and I'm so glad that you filled it. And I'm really excited to do this giveaway. I think a lot of um, both of our followers will likely be excited to get some free dice. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I guess, what does it mean to you having that representation or seeing that representation? Because there were so many heartening and positive comments and response to to your dice that that also clearly had an impact on other people who hadn't seen those before. For you, did you realize that it was going to be as impactful as I, I think it has been? I didn't. I mean, again, I made them for some friends and was like, maybe some, maybe a couple people might be interested in buying them. And I didn't expect so many people to resonate with that, I guess, to kind of, oh, oh, that's me. I play games and I'm LGBT. Like, this is the intersection of kind of what I am and what I do. And... I, I mean, again, I was really surprised when I couldn't find any because gaming, like RPG games, are such a good, uh, I'm not sure how to explain this well, but it's a good kind of outlet, I guess, for uh, especially like trans people to like play with identities and names and like, hmm, do I like using they, them pronouns or do I like he, him or do I like what, like that kind of thing. It's a good way to like put yourself into... Uh, different scenarios in a safe environment, I guess. And I know, like, most of, of course, this might, again, be because I'm at an art school. <laughs> um, <laughs> most of, like, the gamers that I know are in the LGBT community, and it's, there's a lot of intersection there, and I was shocked that nobody had done this yet. Right. Yeah. And, like, I get it. It is a bit of a pain in the butt to figure out molds and, like, buy resin and figure out all that stuff, but, like, i was surprised that nobody before me had done it. Yeah, I mean, I was I was also surprised, like because after I saw you posted, that you sold out so quickly when you oh posted on Etsy. 
I left for class and when I got to class, they were gone. <laughs> I was like 15 minutes after that tweet that you were like, yeah, they're like up in the store. I was like, oh, awesome. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, they're, they're all sold out. <laughs> yeah. It was wild. After after I saw that you were sold out, I was like, okay, well, at least in the meantime, while I wait for you to restock, I don't think I had contacted you yet about it. So I think I was like, okay, where else can I get these dice? So I was like Googling and trying to find who else made pride dice because I, I definitely like immediately was like, okay, I have, I have several friends who play games and are LGBTQ. I'll totally just pick some up from somebody else who makes them. And I couldn't find anybody else who made them. I know. I was looking because I was like, oh, I could get my friend like some trans dice. And I was looking and there was nothing. And I was like, I... I mean, I guess I can't do that. <laughs> like that, that's a really, it sounds like an untapped market. Like, I feel like there are enough people that would buy these things that like, somebody should be making them. And I think, I'm, I, again, I'm just shocked that nobody did before me. I think there might be one person on Etsy that like, I know they're up now and I don't remember the name. I'll find them uh, so I can boost them too. But I think now there's like a pride dice thing also. But I just they, like you'd think somebody yeah. would have done this, and it wouldn't be like some college kid. Like I didn't know how to use resin. Like <laughs> I do now, but yeah, it, it was one of those things where I'm like, I mean, I guess I guess I can do that. Sure, let's let's do a bunch of research and make sure that's feasible before we spend a bunch of money on resin. Yeah, yeah that looks pretty much right, and we just did it. <laughs> Well, and I think like, I think that goes to answering the question like about, you know, like why representation is so important is like, when you come across something like that, where so many people are like, oh, yes, like I, I want that, that intersection of who you are and what you do and, and wanting to have, have that is really important. And it kind of feeds into kind of the next, I guess, question, like, what do you want to see in the RPG community or RPG podcasting community or RPG twitching community, whichever you're a part of? What do you want to see? Or what do you want to see change? Or what do you want to see that's different? It's almost like for you, you were like, I want to see Pride Dice, and I didn't see them, so I made them. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of how it went. You know, the the quote, like, be the change that you, that you want to see in the world yeah. is like, you know, you you were that. And that was really, it was really neat seeing how many people resonated with you saying, hey, I made these. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was wild. I found the uh, other people, by the way, it's the Dork Forge, which is a very cute name. But yeah, they have Pride Set. I only see Pan, and I think that's not binary, but they have, like, they make them to order also. Right. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, so I mean, on, on that topic, you made the dice because you couldn't see them, in the, like you you couldn't find them. Is there anything else about you know the RPG community, whether it's the community or design of games or content that for you you wish you could see or you would like to see? Is there anything that isn't there or that you wish were there that right now isn't? Hmm. I mean, I think representation is hard like there's not a whole lot of it uh, i know uh recently like critical role is has become very big yes and they yes <laughs> they recently had like in the new campaign like a canonically non-binary character that wasn't a dragon like the last campaign they had a big old dragon that was non-binary they were great and i love them uh but this 
campaign they had, I just, a random-ish guard that was non-binary, and I remember watching it with a group of people that I watched Critical Role with, which is three of us are trans, <laughs> basically, <laughs> and all of us like looked at each other like, holy crap, that's a canonically non-binary person, and we kind of realized like, oh, we never see that. Like, that's not something that even really is thought about by right. those people. Uh, and I think it's really, really helpful and impactful to be able to see that kind of representation. Yeah, especially since at first glance uh, with Critical Role, uh, you have what appears to be an entirely um, visually white cis het group of folks playing. Yeah. <laughs> and that representation as as excited as it has been for Critical Role to be getting as big as it is and helping to bring D D to uh, you know mainstream media, uh, I think that 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 representation aspect has not always been there. And like you said, in, in season one, there was the non-binary dragon, which I I had heard about, but them having a a canonically non-binary player or sorry, not player character. I think also it's good to see like it was really great seeing all of the players like correct themselves in the pronouns and stuff like really (laughs) trying to like get they them right yes and that was really neat that they were correcting each other they weren't just like letting it slide yeah well whenever um i'm blanking on the dragon's name and i know i know the things about him but last campaign when the non-binary dragon was there they for the first bit used he pretty exclusively and they kind of got into it like later on they were better about using they uh not that that's like their it was fine because <laughs> you know people learn and it is what it is um but like seeing that progression kind of of like going from oh you know he to like oh wait sorry it's they the dragon is them like, right this is good they're they're doing their best and i support them bryce was the the half elf watch yes Yes. Yeah, there was a lot of really cool fan art, too, that came out about that. I know, it was great. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. And and I think, uh, I think you're right, representation, in especially in these kind of more popular um, streams of RPGs, are so important to see. Yeah. Hearing stories like yours about how, how excited you and your friends were when Bryce appeared in the show was are stories that are so important because because those kinds of reactions as wonderful as it is to hear like they should just happen yeah <laughs> and it shouldn't be like a oh we never see this this is so exciting it should just be <laughs> yeah yeah and i think it's also important because a lot of people i mean critical role has a huge following and most of those people are not probably don't really know much about the lgbt community and so that kind of like oh wait this is a thing that people can be like just in terms of like oh i've never heard of that i will i'll go look it up or what what does this mean and looking into it and going oh non-binary is a thing that exists like that's also incredibly important yes yeah exactly the more common it becomes in in our own personal circles i think the more we'll see it be normal and not strange (laughs) yeah yeah and that's what i'd like to see yeah it's it's really nice to be able to see yourself in a character that historically i mean even when i thought i was a girl it was kind of just like eh, this is yeah cool um 
but just the non-binary, just because it's so uncommon, was shocking and awesome. And yeah. And that's awesome. I want people to get excited about seeing themselves represented because that's how we are going to change this community is just being here and showing that we belong. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Julia. It, it was yes, so great. You. And I'm so glad that your uh, Pride Dice connected us and that we're going to do this <laughs> giveaway. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. Support for the I Am Here podcast, presented by RPG Casts, is made possible by listeners like you. You can help keep the show going, get sweet excess bonus content for as little as $2 a month when you become a patron on Patreon. Visit patreon.com rpgcasts to check out exclusive rewards for patrons and make your pledge. I Am Here is a production of RPG Casts. The intro and outro music was composed by Emily E. Mayo. Special thanks to Peter Grelly for designing the graphic art and assets for both RPG Casts and for I Am Here. Visit the website at IamHerePodcast.com for show notes, transcripts, and so much more. You can find more about RPG Casts by going to RPGCasts.com and follow on Twitter at, at RPG underscore casts. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening to I Am Here. It means so much.